Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsell, and the other co-host of the Basement Talk Podcast family of podcasts, Jake Simone. Jake, how you doing? Bird, how you doing? Are you ready for more bowl predictions? I'm fantastic. Never better. Uh, I don't know if this is the first time all three of us have been on a podcast together where it's like we're officially, you know, part of this thing. But um, yeah, we're all here. And I can't believe it. It's a miracle. And I get to sit back and I get to do nothing. It, this is a fantastic, fantastic day. I, I don't consider this a three-man podcast, honestly. Uh, there's always a fourth person with me. <laughs> Pick me. Pick me, please. There, there's always a fourth, and that that is Portland, Oregon. <laughs> I, I was going to say. I was going, I mean, to, I was going to say here. Uh, if we're going to be you know, super, super specific – if I can get the uh, the population number for Port- for Portland, Oregon up, uh, let's say technically there are six hundred fifty thousand three hundred eighty other hosts of this podcast, and that is the members of the population of Portland, Oregon. I mean, what a place! And Truly. just like my heart can never be in anything without Portland. It's true. It's true. So shout out to all the people of Portland, Oregon. We dedicate these bold predictions to Portland, Oregon. Hopefully, Amen. not too stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just call Portland stupid? Well, I said uh, no. Hopefully, the predictions are oh, not too oh, stupid. Oh, oh. oh. We, we, you're, we, we were about to just, you know, job security was going to be in question if you're yeah. calling Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon. If you call, if you insult, listen, it's like if one of Portland, Oregon goes to war, we all go to war. Absolutely, absolutely. I'd be the first. I'd be the first to bear arms in Portland, Oregon. We stand yes. Portland. Thank yeah. you, Portland. We love, love Portland. So actually, before we do this, I have one quick question for Jake, because I asked Bird this. Um, I don't know if it was last podcast or the podcast before. Let's hear it. um, My deep sleeper was walk-up music for baseball, because Nick Plummer of the New York Mets, his walk-up music is the overworld theme for Super Mario Brothers, which is like the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like the actual chip tune. It's fantastic. It's funny because I was like, I was at the Yankee game yesterday and somebody was like, it was like one of my friend's girlfriends was like, what would your walk-up song be? I'm like, I don't know. No one's ever asked me that before. Well, yes, now two well, now two people have asked are going to ask you that because what is your walk? What would your uh, walk-up song be? All right. So it's down to two. I think I would lean with this one. All right. So you, anybody here watch WWE? Of course. <laughs> I would pick. You sucked. <laughs> You, oh, Kurt that Angle. would be absolutely Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's theme song. It's fantastic. Tell me that would not be the best. You suck. You suck. How great would that be? Just the whole like crowd just chanting, you suck. Oh, it'd be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. You walk up to the plate. It's like your Joey Gallo batting 191. Welcome to the plate. You suck. Yeah. Like Joey Gallo would really grow on me if he changed. Like if somebody su- that sucked, like Aaron Hicks or like who's a not like the Yankees don't have too many shitty players these days. But like somebody that wasn't very good had that off. Oh, that would grow. Like that would be my theme song right there. It would be fantastic. Be fantastic. So I'd probably I'd probably go with that one if I had to pick another. Oh. I would probably go with like the Rocky Balboa theme song. Oh, that's a great show. That's really good. Yeah. What, I either want like a, an inspirational one or I want like a hysterical, funny one. 
Right. You get the crowd like into it. Yeah. I think I'll go Kurt Angle though. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I like that. Or, or maybe, or maybe like the rock. If you smell what the rock is cooking. cooking. Yep. Or, st- or Stone Cold Shattered Glass. Kurt the, Angle, best, though, is... the best theme ever. The Shattered yeah. Glass of Stone Cold. That, the, the, the pop that you get on that is priceless. Yeah, but shout out to Kurt Angle. Great guy. Oh, fantastic guy. Don't forget, won a gold, won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. I mean, that's really impressive. My, my guy, my guy, Kurt Angle. One of my favorite, maybe my favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah, Kurt Angle. What were your answers again? Because we, it was, the, so, it was the Kurt Angle theme song, and it was the theme song to Rocky. No, your answers. Bert. Oh, mine, mine. Oh, it was um, shit. It was Number of the Beast, and Asylum by Disturbed. It's pretty good. Asylum so, by Disturbed. All right, that's an interesting one. Yeah, just I, because just because at the very beginning there's like a little guitar riff that is like perfect. Just get people amped up. I wouldn't want no lyrics in that. I just want I just want the fucking guitar riff, and that's it. Okay, fair enough. Um, so mine. Would if I was a pitcher warming up, mine would probably be "Don't Fear the Reaper" by Blue Oyster Cult, which is I fantastic. Know, that was a fantastic shout. I really. And did. then if I was a batter, it would be "Return of the Mac" by Mark Morrison. Okay, the pitcher is interesting because that that's a whole different. Because I, I was that's a pitcher too. Yeah, and my, I had walkout music coming out of the bullpen. I picked two songs. I went to two schools, and I had two songs coming out. Okay, so well, I, I and they were. Yeah, and they were. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're not doing anything until we get a fucking fr- answer on this. All right, so like, when when you're when you're you get like the freshman initiation, so like you don't really get a say when you're a freshman, right? Um, so like they would just fuck with you the whole time. They would either pick they would pick like the Barbie song or like some like you know like you didn't really get a say. Like they Why screwed with also, the freshman. I'm a little teapot. That was, that was also stupid. the first one I went to was. Uh, Barbie Girl by Aqua. Like, that would yeah. be the song that they would have picked. My everybody. Too, fair. But my first, like, <laughs> actual one was I don't know if you guys know the rapper Schoolboy Q. Sure. Yes. Man of the I Year. Do. I love it's that like, song. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Ma- ma- right. Ma- right. Great man song. Man of the Year. Yep. And well, then on, and- Adam, let's, get, let's get a rendition. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I went with that and I went with uh, Till I Collapse is my last one. I stuck with that one. That that's was like my song one. in high school. But yeah, that's a great song. That's a, yeah. I, that's that's a great song. Till I collapsed. With, Ballpark Jam. My song. my my college coach in my second school would because like he he put me and another guy in charge of like the playlists before the games, and he was like talking about some songs that he wanted off. Like he wanted no part of any like Lil Uzi, Lil Yachty, anything with a Lil in front. He wasn't about. <laughs> you even like Lil Wayne. No, he wasn't a fan of Lil Wayne. Too many curses. But he's like, but that Eminem song is a ballpark jam. I want more ballpark jam type songs. <laughs> a true story. Well, we could, you're going to put Welcome to the Jungle on that playlist. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. A, yeah. I know you like country. He was a big wagon wheel guy. Oh, wagon wheel is fantastic. I love yeah. me, love, me, yeah. love me some Darius. Love me some Hootie. Yeah. No. But, the, but walkout songs out of the bullpen are different than going up the bat. Yeah, because you want to be intimidating. Yeah, because pitching is so much more. So, like when you're batting, you have so many opportunities, and you can't really like lose the game for your team. 
you can't be like fucking around coming out of the bullpen. Like, you know what I'm saying? You need to like be in a, in in a state of like Zen almost coming out of the bullpen, or at least that's how I was. I, I, I could see that you need to be in your, in your A game. Yeah. Whereas if you're hitting, it's like, okay, you know, like you can have a little more fun. That's how I was at least when I played. Sure. Yeah, I mean that's why a lot of pitchers walk uh our warm up songs or walkout songs are like metal and stuff like that. Like uh Trevor Mays is Welcome Home by Coed and Cambria, which is really just a sick open to it, like an opening guitar riff. I love Edwin Diaz's with the trumpets, it's fantastic. <laughs> well, the, the most iconic one of all time is Enter Sandman by Metallica. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, the greatest yeah. guy to ever come out of a bullpen. Damn straight. Wow. And and yeah. don't forget, don't forget, Jake. Don't forget, Jake. I just want to put this out there. Has more World Series titles than the New York Mets. I don't see any uh flaws. You don't in that see any statement. issue with that? No. No, no, no false statements being made. I have no comment. No. Okay. A lot of people have more championship rings than the New York Mets franchise. True. True. It's, a, it's an argument for another day, I guess. But absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have an actual one quick question, actually, Bird, from the uh, mailbag? Uh, no, no, because I did not check the mailbag today. I've been updating ranks all day. Fair point. <laughs> We're actually going to have there a you mailbag. Go. There's the one quick question. We got to talk about baseball for uh, the first 10 minutes of the yeah. show. Yeah. Well, Jake's lucky we didn't talk about Bruce Cassidy getting fired because I know how much he loves hockey. What the fuck are they doing? I've been, wa- I've been watching hockey. I've been watching every Ranger game. I didn't, I didn't really watch yesterday because I was on my way home from Yankee Stadium, but I watched Oh, the... fuck. That's why we fucking lost. I know. That was the one game I did. I swear to God, that was <laughs> the one game I didn't watch. God damn it, Jake. Oh, man. I really oh. started watching in the Pittsburgh series when they were down 3-1 because I bet on the series to go 7 when they were down 3-1. And then ever since then, I was watching. You need to be on your fucking sofa tomorrow night at 8 o'clock watching. There are no fucking exceptions. <laughs> I will fucking text you at 7.59 to make sure final, you are in your The finals space. aren't on tomorrow. The finals are on Wednesday, right? NBA? Yes, Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. How boring. How bad of a finals is this? Oh, God. It's terrible. Oh, terrible. Terrible. We'll have to do a BTP on that, and we'll have to discuss about how just god-awful the finals have been. But, uh, yes, here we are. And, by the way, for any of those that listen to uh, my bold predictions, uh, if you haven't listened to Zach, you can go back and, and, and listen um, we did talk about the end of the show, how I was going to name all the assistant captains in the National Hockey League. I did not name all the assistant captains in the National Hockey League. I missed seven. Maybe if some, is not bad. Maybe if some uh, pr- producer type guy can make a quizvitational, like, you know, might have came in handy. You know, it's funny is, you know, the, the unfortunately, I don't happened, do that anymore. The way that that happened literally was when Adam referred to the quizvitational about that subject. Because so that was one, that was a category. It was. It was. So the ones that I missed for all of those that are uh, interested was I missed uh, Zemgus Giergensen's of the Sabres. I missed Connor Murphy of the Blackhawks. I missed Issa Lindell of the Stars. I missed Paul Byron. No, I got Paul Byron, right, Adam? Yeah, didn't you miss Connor Brown of the Connor Senators? Brown. Yep, Connor Brown. Yep, that was another one that I missed. I'm just looking through the list right now. Mario Ferraro of the Sharks, I missed. Chris Kreider of the Rangers? No, Chris, oh, the Rangers I got. Come on, Jake. Come <laughs> on, Jake. If I, if I missed the Rangers, I, I should be. It was a little, there was a little sweating involved. 
with the with the Rangers because of course because the pressure was on. There were six of them also. True. Brandon Sutter, I missed. And I feel like there was one more. Oh, it was Jay Beagle. Yes. I went to go buy a Kreider shirt at Dick's the other day, and they didn't have any. What the hell is that? Because they're probably all sold out because everyone's just hopping on the Rangers bandwagon. Yeah, they all they had was Panarin, Lafreniere, and they didn't have any shirts of Nestor Cortez either. I wanted one for when I went to the game yesterday. Oh, you mean nasty Nestor? They didn't have any. Only the greatest baseball player of my lifetime. No biggie. You mean the guy they're doing a a whole series on for ESPN Plus in uh, in July? They're making one for for Nestor Cortez. Oh no no no! I think talking about Derek Jeter. No, why oh, the hell God. would I care about Derek Jeter when fair. there's Nestor Cortez? That, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> that's a fair point. Uh, well, honestly, I would have wanted to get a Caco jersey. I love me some Caco. Some Capo Caco. Church of Capo Caco? Praise be. Praise be. Hallelujah. Amen. My second faith is I'm Jewish by, you know, by my parents, but my second religion is the Church of Capo Caco. Fair. Fair. <laughs> nice. I, I would say that I'm a card carrying member of the uh, Church of Capo Caco. Of Church of Capo Caco. Whoa. Wow. That was a tongue twister. Although I would have wanted a, a Mika jersey also because Mika is fantastic. Yep, that's my or, love. Or as he's known in the streets, DJ Z-Bad. DJ Z-Bad. Hey, happy uh, Zabana June, by the way. Yes, happy Zabana June to all who celebrate. Have a, have a very blessed Zabana June. And also fuck Derek Broussard. Why? <laughs> no, I, I love know. Brass. I love Brass. There's nothing wrong I'd say about Broussard. Besides the fact that he played for the Penguins. Eh, I forget him. And, and the he was traded. I forget him. I forget and he was him. traded for Mika. There are fine. there are a lot that have done way worse. True. Well, anyway, we've uh, prattled on long enough. Successfully Jake. killed fifteen minutes. Good job, boys. That's what we do here on the yeah. Basement Talk Podcast, Family Podcast. We yep. we kill time successfully. Jake. Yes. Uh, so the bowl predictions. If you didn't listen to last episode where Bird gave his. The format here is we have a prediction for a quarterback, a running back, wide receiver, tight end, and then a wild card, uh, which could be about any position. So, Jake, why don't we start off here with your quarterback bowl prediction? Who do you got? All right. So I'm a big fan of guys getting their cash. So my bold prediction will be Lamar Jackson will be the QB1. If he does not sign, sign an extension before the season starts. So no extension. He plays out his contract and is heading into a contract year. QB one season for Lamar Jackson. Now I know you were doing very preliminary rank, uh, ranks today, Jake. Where did you have Lamar Jackson? If you were if you got to that at all, I did rank the quarterbacks. All right. So the only quarterbacks that I had ranked ahead of Lamar Jackson are Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And then I have Lamar Jackson. Okay, very interesting. I I have three. I have yeah. Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert. No, I, I like Lamar Jackson a little bit more because I, you know me, my guy's got to run a little bit. No, I understand that. I understand that. There's yeah. only for me, there's only a two spot difference in my overalls between Herbert and Lamar. I have Herbert at fifty two, and I have Lamar at fifty four. But Justin okay. Herbert gets all those QB sneaks. 
at the, um, at the goal line. Yeah. I mean, Lamar, it's not like Lamar Jackson doesn't score rushing touchdowns either. And then you get the yards. Like he throws That's most of what he does, actually, is score rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, but if you're looking at Herbert's rushing stats, Herbert only had three rushing touchdowns a year ago versus Lamar Jackson. That was on 300 yards rushing as well versus Lamar Jackson, who a year ago in 12 games had 767 rushing yards. Right. Two rushing touchdowns, but in 12 games. So you have the rushing upside that Lamar brings to the table. He's going to be a thousand yard rusher, probably, if not high 900 yards. And the fact that he's playing for his cash, like Jake said, I mean, there is an avenue for Lamar Jackson to be the number, the number one quarterback in fantasy just with his legs alone. I mean, we saw it with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was the top two was a top two quarterback with Tom Brady for the first half of the fantasy season because of his legs and his legs alone. And they really started to run the ball with Miles Sanders and the rest of the the, the Motley crew that they had in uh, the Philadelphia backfield. So the Lamar Jackson take, I don't think that that's too it's not too outlandish but i just have overall concerns with the throwing for me that's kind of where i'm a little scared i think we're getting mvp year lamar from his mvp season i think we're gonna get a season like that the throwing it if you think back to last year how many touchdowns did hollywood just drop on his own oh countless like countless I, i think rashad bateman will help him I think Mark Andrews obviously back being in the fold is, is a big plus. I, I get it. They might miss Hollywood, but I was never a big Hollywood guy. I still don't understand the infatuation with Hollywood. Right. In both it's fantasy and, and real life. Yeah, it's speed, but no, not for me. Sorry. So his his MVP year, he had a QB rating of 113.3. He completed 265 passes on 401 dropbacks. Had a completion percentage of 66.1%, threw for 3,127 yards, 7.8 yards per attempt, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions, and then the rushing, 1,200 yards rushing on 176 attempts, seven touchdowns uh, right there. So basically you're expecting – I mean, you would have to expect 40-plus total touchdowns from Lamar Jackson to even sniff it. Yeah. It's possible. It's, it's possible. It's, it's definitely in line with uh, my projections for Lamar. And he was really on pace to best his uh, passing stats from that 2019 season. It was and just the be rushing a, yards and the rushing touchdowns. There's going to be a lot of where scoring. Where he kind of dropped off uh, a year ago. I haven't, proje- I haven't projected for 3,300 yards passing. 32 touchdowns and the rushing yards. I have him down for 1,043 and five rushing touchdowns. So basically he's around that 40 touchdown mark. I don't think it's too outlandish at all. No, I don't think so either. Well, if that happens, it would really suck if you owned a Ravens running back though. Like J.K. Dobbins. Ingram Ingram was great though. Lamar Jackson's Mm -hmm. rookie year. Yep. Yeah. Ingram was fine. Ingram was a was a top fifteen option, better than Dobbins ever was. Yep, agreed. True, agreed. I mean, and it actually is better, I think, too, where you can you can utilize the running backs a bit more, and you can get J.K. Dobbins into space when you have the defense that's so focused on what Lamar Jackson can do with his legs. You're running those RPOs, which the Baltimore Ravens offense is so heavy on. You can get any defender to bite going for Lamar Jackson, get the ball to J.K. Dobbins, boom, 
J.K. Dobbins can take any any handoff 35, 40 yards because you have a, a defensive end or a linebacker or anybody that bites on an RPO that they think is going for Lamar and they give it to J.K. and J.K. is gone. It's it's not like the Buffalo situation where Singletary and Zach Moss are just a nightmare. Sure. Josh Allen being the primary runner. Sure. And we, we did talk about that on my bold predictions. Yep. We, did, we did talk about that. Yeah. But that, that's not bad, though. That's not too spicy. We haven't gotten too spicy yet on the we'll there. scale of uh, spicy takes. What about running back? I have Cam Akers having a top three season. Would not shock me if – well, first of all, just like really outlet, I, I like I just don't think Jonathan Taylor's worth one one. I mean, if you look at the RB one season he had last year, that was probably like the most underwhelming RB one season I've ever seen as the overall RB one of fantasy. I mean, you could make a case for it, especially after he didn't score a single touchdown the first four games, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. First, first four weeks, he did he did not have no first three weeks. Sorry, first three weeks he did not have a single touchdown. But but just getting back to Cam Akers, look at look look at the opportunity he has. Rams offense led by Sean McVay, pretty damn good. Backfield competition. Sony Michelle's not back. Who's the backup? Dar- Darrell Henderson. Uh, yep. Is that really uh, what are we doing here? Doesn't well, scare no me, Henderson. There is no competition. There's no competition. He'll constantly be – you look at the volume and the scoring opportunities because the Rams are going to score a shit ton of points. Cam Akers clearly has the trust of the coaching staff. The guy came back from a torn Achilles last year and practiced for like two weeks, and they're like, okay, yes, you're, you're going to start in the playoffs. He wasn't great in the playoffs, but, I mean, what do you- like he, he fumbled a couple times in that – like crucial fumbles in that Bucks game, and they still yeah. trusted him. And they still trusted him. Because they – Sean McV- – and they didn't draft a running back this year either in the draft. I mean, they drafted the kid from Notre Dame, but I, I watch a lot of Notre Dame football. He, he's nothing more than just a body to have in your running back room. He, he's not dethroning Cam Akers of any pivotal role. Same same with Jake Funk. You know, it's just yeah, a body to have. Him. It's just a body to have. So, the opportunities there for Cam Akers, and we saw this at the end of his rookie year, and this is kind of what people expected last year, obviously, before the injury. It's there, and it, it just – if you look at his situation opposed to the other running backs of the league final, and he hasn't gotten that big contract yet either. We talk about this all the time. We love the guys that are playing for that first big contract. And that's Cam Akers. He's already had one injury before. Can't really have another one. So, you know, he's going to do his very best to be available and have a big, big season this year where he's eligible for an extension at the end of the year on a Rams team that will be competitive, will always be in the game. And, like I like we talked about before, the scoring opportunities are going to be insane. They're always going to be in the green area to score. Yeah, I, I want a piece of that top three. Book it. So I have Acres down for two hundred and eighty carries, eleven hundred yards, nine touchdowns, forty three receptions on four hundred and seventeen yards, two receiving touchdowns. You're, I, I basically, I have him projected as a 1,500-yard back. Yeah. With 10-plus touchdowns. Yeah. And that that should sniff close to top three. And, again, you know, if he can better that, then, I mean, that just right there, that projection, if he meets that, he's a top 10 running back. And then anything better than that is gravy. So that's when you start pushing top five, top three. 
And then you also got to look at the position as a whole and you got to look at guys that who, who are guys that could potentially go down. You're looking at McCaffrey, who is, you know, who, who the hell knows there. Maybe DeAndre Swift goes down. Maybe Leonard Fournette goes down. Guys that just have Dalvin you know, Cook, Austin Eckler, all guys yeah, with Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara as well. Yeah. And, just all, even all guys Derek Henry got hurt. Yeah, exactly. And who knows? Maybe Jonathan Taylor is one that could go down at, at some point as well, given the uh, the curse that is being the RB1 in fantasy. So the Cam Akers one, listen, <laughs> I'm not going to complain about that. You know how much I love my Cam Akers. So I'm, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I wanted to say something about the Jonathan Taylor thing before. I, I don't know. I think he had a great season for yeah. as an RB. I don't think I'm it was underwhelming s- at all. Yeah, but it wasn't necessarily the Derrick Henry two thousand yard seasons or the Chris Johnson thousand yard uh, two thousand yard season or the AP seasons or the vintage Le'Veon Bell seasons where he caught a hundred balls almost out of the backfield. It's like for the RB one of fantasy to be the no doubt about it. RB one of redraft leagues the next year. It wasn't like that for me. Completely agree. I, I mean, I only six players agree. have rushed for like 2000 yards in NFL history or something like that. Like it hasn't been a lot. I mean, were, what, what, yeah. What Jake is saying. And I agree. I agree with him is that there were a ton of guys that you could say were in that mix to be the RB one, or there were certain guys that maybe looked better at times. Whereas Jonathan Taylor, yeah, he had an 1,800-yard season on the ground. It's, it's very impressive. We're not saying that's not. But when Le'Veon Bell was the RB1, he was the RB1. When Derrick Henry was the RB1, he was the RB1. McCaffrey. McCaffrey as well, yeah. You, you look back we, at AP. Right. And, and the other question that I have as well, do we actually think that Jonathan Taylor is going to have a season like that again? I know the Colts are just going to be able to hand it off to him at will. They have the offensive line in front of them and Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to just go when he wants. I don't think so. I think teams are going to learn, you know, maybe he has one or two games like at the start of the season, but then teams are going to be like, okay, we'll dare 38 year old Matt Ryan to throw the ball and have him beat us. We stack the box. Uh, and listen, I'm not like poo-pooing Jonathan Taylor here. No, no, I, no, no. I just don't think he is the definitive RB. Like, you don't feel – obviously feel pretty good, but I don't feel like I'm getting a lock of just an absolute fantasy monster where he can get like 40 or 50 points like a prime Livian Bell back in the day. Like, they were the no doubt about it. You pick him at one, don't even overthink it. Like, even McCaffrey, despite all of his injury issues – because of the of the high PPR upside that they had. PPR even, glitches, even too. PPR. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor. Let me just see uh, how many receptions I have him projected for. They do like to the, use Naheem Hines a little bit, too. Oh, they're going to. Yeah, they're going yeah. to. I mean, I, where do I have Naheem Hines? He's more of a pass back. Naeem yeah, my, P- my full PPR ranks, I have Naeem Hines at 110th overall. So he'll be drafted. He'll be drafted. There's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, the projections. I have Jonathan Taylor down for 35 catches. Yeah, whereas Livian Bell back in the day was a 75 catch guy. Correct. He had around 40 McCaffrey. last year. So that's that makes sense. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'm drafting Derrick Henry over Jonathan Taylor this year. I'm I'm setting the record straight. If I have the number one overall pick in fantasy, I'm drafting Derrick Henry. It's not a bad I don't idea. Problem with it. Yeah. Whereas, but, but that's what I was saying, though. It's like back in the day, like there was no, okay, I'm drafting this guy over the definitive number one over. I'm not overthinking it. Mm-mm. 
I don't think it's an overthink at all. I don't think Jonathan Taylor's your locked and loaded guy. I think you, especially in full, in full, you probably have four, maybe five guys you can say you could pick number one overall, and people won't call you crazy. Yeah, but like I, I to me, it's 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 either Derrick Henry or, or Jonathan Taylor. Like I'm done with the whole McCaffrey experience. I'm done mm-hmm. with the Dalvin Cook experience. I'm done with the out. I'm done. Well, people are gonna still. Put Consider. McCaffrey in that conversation. Yeah, forget him. Austin Eckler, you could put in that conversation as well. And then you have Derek Henry, you have Jonathan Taylor in, in full. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have any problems with the, with the prediction. You know, it's just the, yeah, the Jonathan Taylor stuff. But anyway, let's move on. Well, what's your to... issue with the Jonathan Taylor stuff? No, what he said, I, we already talked about it. He, well, do you he, Adam thinks he disagree? had a great year last year i didn't think it was underwhelming okay okay that's it i didn't call it an underwhelming year though i just said for like underwhelming for the standards of what you would expect standards of like the art like look at the numbers of the fantasy rb1s for the last 10 years like jonathan taylor's does not really measure up there i'm telling you like go look him up in full ppr he's right okay i mean it's like russell wilson season when russell wilson finishes the qb1 statistically Russell Wilson's QB one season was the worst QB one season of all time. Yeah. That was like, what, like four years ago. Yeah. It was right. four years ago. Yep. Where he was the MVP of the whole league and then December Correct. just disappeared. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. That was 2017. Yeah. Fun year. Very fun year. Yep. Jets had no expectations. And well, what else is now? The, <laughs> Pats lost the Super Bowl. Roses are red, violets are blue. The Jets have no expectations. What else is new? Well, Not this year they do. This year we do. <laughs> I know. All right, moving on. Wide receiver. Who do you got? All right. Let me see here, because I my overall prediction was for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Sorry oh boy! It's not CD Lamb as the wide receiver one, either. We we already went into that off air. Oh, um, <laughs> we had a bit of a discussion about. Yeah, that. <laughs> that that's that's not happening. All right, so here's mine. If so, it does hide, if it okay, we're we're not doing that here. If it does hide, I do need to worry about things. That do, have I need a 1% to, do I need to do I need yeah, do I need to pull up the audio from the last like two years of this podcast of Dak Prescott will be the QB one or Ezekiel Elliott will be the RB one? Oh, that was that was that was an educated assumption. I don't think either we're going off of concrete data. I'm pretty sure you dra- you picked yeah you picked Dak Zeke and I think it was Amari Cooper probably to be the QB RB and wide receiver one. That was one in this was in the same close. year. Yeah, that was that that was the year of my uh I think it was my JK Dobbins prediction, but I don't want to get too off topic. I'm sorry. That was um, the year of my Deshaun Watson prediction. I'm, <laughs> I'm going I'm, so every year in fantasy we have a Jamar Chase, we have a Justin Jefferson. Getting bold here. It's not Drake London, it's not Garrett Wilson, it's not Chris Olave, it is Christian Watson of the Green Bay Packers will have the Jamar Chase slash Justin Jefferson season in fantasy football in the year of our Lord 2022. I see it. Let's discuss it. It's volume is what it is. 
and I think there will just be weeks of like, we saw it with Jamar Chase last year, right? Like there was weeks of just massive explosion. And then there was like a solid month where we're like, do we even need to play this guy in our lineups that we talk about this in the mailbag every week. It's like, what are we doing with Jamar Chase? Like, is this the week where it finally turns around and he gets back to form? I think it'll be a lot like that. And you know me and I, I, my love for Christian Watson out of the draft and the pass catchers on the Green Bay Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers pinpointed this guy and was like, we can get this guy in the second round. Let's fix up our defense and other areas of need in the first round. And let's get this guy. I could work with him. Hasn't had a deep threat like this in a very, very long time. Yeah, probably not since Greg Jennings, one of the best receivers in the league. He caught a touchdown on one leg, you know. Greg Jennings did. Yeah, <laughs> that that is true. Okay, so I, I, I just need to clarify a couple of things because I also have had this discussion with Jake multiple times. You're also a big Alan Lazard guy. Yeah, why can't they both be good? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not going to be good. I'm just clarifying that you think both – can be good, but out of Watson and Lazard, you think both will be like, I guess for comparison, if you're going off the whole of just of Jamar chase, you're going to say that Christian Watson is like that Jamar chase. And then Alan Lazard could be like the T Higgins. Yep. And just like Alan Lazard could be the Adam Thielen and uh, Christian Watts could be the Justin Jefferson. Okay. Um, so, the most targets that a rookie has had with Aaron Rodgers is 73. That was like Randall Cobb. Yes. MVS. MVS. But you look at the other pass catchers on the team. One in particular was Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Devontae Adams that year in 2018, I believe the number was 169 targets for him in, in 2018. So obviously Devontae Adams, him, him leaving town, there's a massive, massive and, void. And I believe Randall Cobb was still there too in 20. So was Jordy Nelson there too? No, was that, uh, Jordy was Nelson that, was on the Raiders. Yeah, was on the Raiders. Jordy Nelson was gone. Was Randall, was Randall Cobb still there? I believe he was. Yes. Yes, he was. So that's a very trusted target of Aaron Rodgers too. Yep. Yep. I actually, you know, I don't, I'm more of a Lazard guy than I am a Watson guy to start. Just because of the whole doghouse Aaron Rodgers thing, I, that does definitely scare me. But I think the floor for Christian Watson is very safe. Like, I think if you're looking for a guy, I mean, let me just see. I see. I disagree. I think the floor for Lazard is safe, but the ceiling for Christian Watson, I'm telling you, this guy could be like Jamar Chase. Well, remember how many games did Jamar Chase put up like 42 points last year, just like 200 yards because he broke two off and scored two touchdowns. I truly think this guy can be like that out of all the receivers in this rookie draft. I really do. Yeah, and honestly, it's kind of funny because Bird's bonus prediction last uh, last episode was that Aaron Jones would have like a he would what is it lead the league? I said Aaron Jones would lead the would lead the running back position in receptions was my bold prediction, but then I said as as, as like a side prediction that I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Jones led the Packers in receptions. No, that's that part's not happening. I don't think you – I don't remember you saying that. You said that he had 90 catch upside. Yes. Yes. No. Nah, I don't know, but I love Aaron Jones, but I just don't think Aaron Rodgers thinks it to a running back that often. I think he wants to let it rip more oftentimes than not. 
Oh, he wants to. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And if you're letting it rip, uh, this guy Christian Watson, that that's the guy to let it rip too. So I have between Lazard and Watson, I have Lazard at 113 overall, and Watson I have at 158 overall. They're going to shatter that. Absolutely shatter that. Uh, I'm all in on Lazard. I'm all in on Lazard. Um, I'm just a little shaky on Watson. The later I can get him, the better I'd feel about him. But I'm also – Jake has also talked about this a thousand times, and I'll keep saying this a thousand times. I think it's a genius idea. Take both of them. And draft Aaron Rodgers. Take both of them, draft Aaron Rodgers. Yes. I mean, it, it's all plausible. Aaron Rodgers is not going early anymore. Or he doesn't go early anymore in drafts, especially this year. I was in a mock today, and I got Aaron Rodgers in round 11. It's, it's, it's just – It's absurd. It's not it, like – the guy's won the last two MVPs. Yep. He's gonna he he's going to make a lot of people look very very smart, just like he did the first year he won the MVP. Yep, and last year too. Yeah, and last year. But this guy Watson, though, in particular, man, just remember Justin Jefferson's rookie year, where the first month he wasn't really all that, and he was drafted very late, kind of like how Watson's going now, his rookie year. It just something about it. Feel the only reason why we drafted Jamar Chase like higher than that last year was he was the third overall pick in the draft, or, or no fourth overall pick, or maybe Jamar was the know. fourth overall pick. Okay, yep. with, with Joe Burrow, the reunion. That's why we knew about him more rather right. than Justin Jefferson, who was in the teens and was going to play with the team that had Adam Thielen and had Kirk Cousins. Right, and there were four receivers that were drafted before him. Yes, and obviously Christian Watson's a second round guy. He yep. doesn't have the sizzle. Telling you, man, I, I truly think out of all the guys, this is the guy of the rookies that I think is that potential league winner that can win you your fantasy league. I think the other guys would be good, but I don't think that they will be the guys that will put you over the top and be the guys where you circle back and go, yep, that pick won me the league right there. Oh, I absolutely, I absolutely agree that Christian Watson is league winner written all over him. I mean, he's got opportunity, he's got talent, and he has Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what more do you really need? Yeah, the guy that Aaron Rodgers really wanted too. Yep. Yes, that's yes. a huge factor. And, and he's always been looking to throw the ball deep down the field. And how many times again we talk about this with Hollywood? How many times did Valdez Scantling drop the ball? Countless, countless. And he's going to be. I mean, then he got ten million dollars from uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs over three years. He he. I think he owes probably about seven and a half million of his salary to Aaron Rodgers for that. Yeah, has to. And then I mean, the, yeah, the other three to Christian Kirk for inflating the wide receiver market. Hey, don't 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 talk about Christian Kirk that way. Jake and I both like him. It depends. Yes, depends where I can get him. But he went he went in uh, in, in the mock that I was in today. He went in round nine. What sickos are doing a fantasy football? Oh, it's a mock. Okay, <laughs> it's a mock. It's a okay, mock. That's a little different. Best say, what sickos are doing a fantasy draft in uh, June? <laughs> uh, no, not me. Not me. But okay, it's a mock. Yeah, no, it's like, a mock. nine is a little too early, but we'll see. We got to see where nine. We, late nine. We, we, we know what we got to do. We got to let the cookie bake a little bit. Mm-hmm. Once we get to August, we'll see. We got another month. We got yeah, another exactly. month until until we really get the juices flowing and people are really starting to do concrete mocks, and then we'll really start to get the more uh, concrete data out there. But yeah. Round nine, round nine for Kirk right now. I'm okay with it. Me too. 
But yeah. it's, you start pushing round eight, round seven, that's when I start to tamper off a little bit. No, thanks. Yep. Agreed. All right. Tight ends. This is going to be – this is interesting because there aren't – there isn't, like, too much room for bold predictions for tight ends, but I'm sure you found something. Yeah, and uh, Bird, of I, Bird and I have discussed this numerous times. and We have. I – I'm just not in on Darren Waller. I don't even know how bold that is, but I would not be surprised if he is. I'm going to say he's a bust. I can't say we'll finish outside the top 10 because the tight end position is just so awful. So maybe he might have to be injured again to finish outside the top 10. See, I disagree. I just don't think I think he's a little like washed, to be honest with you. He's a little older. There's Devontae Adams, who. See how much money the Raiders are paying him? I think they'll find a way to get him the ball ample amount of times. If just, just saying. I think there's him, Derek Carr, and Hunter Renfro. What did we say about Drew Locke and Noah Fant last year? The, the, first, the first read is to Noah navig- Fant. Yeah, the navigation is to Noah Fant. Derek, Derek Carr's navigation was towards Hunter Renfro last year. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Derek Carr is sustaining three pass catchers with supreme fantasy value. He's a bit of a, guns- a gunslinger, though. Derek Carr is. is he, he throws the ball is a lot. He? Nah. Is he? Nah. I was going to say, I don't think so. I don't know about that. No, I've never, I've never known Derek Carr to be yeah, a gunslinger. I mean, I've, not- I've noticed Derek Carr to like lock in on, on a guy or two. And Correct. Like it just it depends on whose game and whose drive that is that he will just force feed the ball to. And it was Hunter Renfro last year, even when Waller was healthy. Honestly, looking at we were talking about George Kittle on the last episode, and I was talking about how George Kittle is very is pretty overrated as a tight end because his stats just don't back up what everybody's saying about him. But looking at Darren Waller's career, like he had two good he had two very good seasons with touchdowns in 2020 like that was absurd playing out of his skin with nine touchdowns but Uh, yeah Kittle just gets hurt the the thing is though like I think Kittle when he plays is good I don't know how I feel about Trey Lance but if Garoppolo is still the starter I think I'm really in on Kittle but yeah I just think Waller's older isn't I think he very well could be losing a step said he's 29 yeah, I mean, third, that's like around the age. Like, yeah, it's around the age, you know. But there are also a couple things for the Raiders. I, I'm going to be upfront and honest. The Raiders as a whole scare me because if we're looking at the stats from a year ago, let's just let's just start with Derek Carr. Go ahead, Jake. I know I, you're, you got yeah. something on mind. Go for it. No, I don't think Devontae Adams scares me. No, 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 no. I, that's he, he doesn't worry me. He's going to get his, but like Josh Jacobs he, can kind of scare me, especially in, in PPR. Yeah, in PPR, I mean he's not going to he's not going to have any upside. But if we're looking at the Raiders just as a whole, let's just start with Derek Carr. Four hundred and twenty-eight completions last year, six hundred and twenty-six dropbacks, both career highs for him. Four thousand eight hundred and four yards. That's a career high for him in yards by eight hundred yards. 23 touchdowns and also career high interceptions in 14. What is the mean for Carr? Is that 4,800 yards what we should be getting used to? Or is that an outlier sort of season and he's going to go back down to his norm 
which is basically around 4,000 yards. I would expect, given the state of the AFC West, given how the Broncos have improved, the Chargers are the Chargers, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, that he's going to have to be a 4,500-yard passer at least. But he's only eclipsed the 30-touchdown mark once in his career, and that was in his sophomore year of 2015. So I don't, I don't personally see the whole gunslinger thing with Derek Carr. I think he is a perfect game manager with very limited to zero upside, personally. I mean, he's never had a supporting cast like this. I mean, it's just they really added Devontae Adams, though. Right. Obviously, it's a really big deal. Yeah, they just added one of the best receivers in the NFL. No, I'm, I'm just saying that's a big deal, but it's not like they got an entire new offense. Agreed. I completely agree. But he's a game changer. In terms of, like, wins or losses, I think, but, like, in terms of stats for Derek Carr, and that – all right, can you really see him eclipsing the 5,000-yard mark? Absolutely not. There's Probably not, chance. but he could still be up at 47, 4,800 with – and he can get to 30 it, touchdowns. No, and sure. I agree. And I think they're going to be trailing a bunch of games too. I mean, listen, you, you got to take that into consideration. They could, they are probably going to be playing from behind a decent amount this year. I don't have I think, them anywhere close to, to 4,730. You can get – you can throw for – listen, if you have them at, what, 45 – I have him at 44.50. Okay. Thereabouts like, with 25 touchdowns. Listen, like a blowout loss or two, it could easily be. Sure. At 47. Easily. Sure. But I, I'm just thinking, though, how many touchdowns did he throw for last year? Uh, last year, he threw for 23. Yep. And then he threw for 27 the year before. I, I think he's more of like a 25 to 28 touchdown guy. I have a 25 with net with that. Yeah. Like you, he's only th- thrown for over 30 touchdowns once in his entire career. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. get it. They added, they added Devonte Adams, but like, is he, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not like this is a quarterback. We don't really know what he is like Josh Allen. We didn't really know when they added Stefan Diggs. I know, I know what you're, you're trying to say. Devontae that, Adams is not going to make Derek Carr turn into someone completely That's what I'm saying. It's like we kind of know what he is, right, at yes. this point? Yep. And, like, we didn't know what Josh Allen was. We didn't know what Kyler Murray was when they got DeAndre Hopkins, where they were going into the, you know, their sophomore or junior seasons in the NFL. Like, Derek Carr's already got his first big contract, second mm-hmm. big contract, I believe, in the yep. NFL. Yep, second big contract. Just signed a new contract. It's like, what, it's like we kind of know what he is, like – is he going to be anything more than a game manager or like a Matt Ryan or a Kirk Cousins in the NFL? He's going to be an elite game manager. He's not going to be a guy that's going to lose you games, but he's not going to be a guy that can win you games on his own. I think the whole Devonte thing, it's good for the Raiders in terms of wins and losses. Yep. And I think it's, I think Devonte will still get his. I'm not, I'm still drafting Devontae Adams. I don't. Th- I think Devontae Adams will be good anywhere he goes and will get his numbers anywhere he goes. We saw this with Brett Hundley when Brett Hundley took over. For, and Aaron Rodgers missed time. And uh, But then Jordan Love, I mean, uh, no. Less said the better. Yeah, forget, forget Jordan Love. But, like, remember Brett Hundley and, you know, Matt Flynn when he would fill in for the Packers. Even Deshaun the- Kaiser. Even Deshaun Kaiser. Just Jordan Love is a whole special level of awful. I mean, it was an arrowhead, but I digress. Um 
Yeah. So I think Devontae will be fine anywhere he goes, but like, I just don't see the spike for Derek Carr in year what? Six now. Yeah. Year six. It's like what quarterback in year six turns into anything more than what they were. Actually, it's year eight. five years. Year eight. Eight. I mean, even more, even more of a reasoning to not really believe that much more is untapped for Derek Carr other than more wins. Yeah. Agreed. And, and listen, this is, this is not a slight on Derek Carr. Like I'm still very interested in taking Derek Carr with a late pick. High level like, streamer. It, yeah, absolutely. He's an elite streaming option. But as someone like, am I going to feel comfortable in a 12 or 14 team league with Derek Carr as my starter? Absolutely not. Because he's not going to be breaking. He's not going to be a game breaker for me. He's not going to be a guy that wins me a championship. Like he's a guy. We, we talk about this all the time, Jake and I, all the time. When you're building a team, you want guys that can win you championships. Making playoffs doesn't mean anything. You want guys that can win you championships. Derek Carr is a nice guy to have in your bench in the case of an emergency situation. But Derek Carr is not going to be a starter on a team that wins a championship. Oh, no. But back to the Darren Waller thing. I, I do want to ask you, uh, Jake, about, about Waller. Because I was doing this with, with the ranks today. And I did make a pretty big move. And I, I have moved, Dalton Schultz ahead of him. Just I did it. I moved Dalton so Schultz ahead, ahead of Darren Waller. I think so, too. I, move, I have Dalton Schultz all the way up at 53 now, and I have Darren Waller at 58. I'm, I have Kyle Pitts ahead of uh, Darren Waller, too. Oh, yeah, I have Kyle Pitts ahead. I have Kyle Pitts at, I have Kyle Pitts at 35. I was almost going to put TJ Hawkinson over Darren Waller. Ooh, I almost, I almost thought about it, but you know how I feel about the lines. And I have, I have Waller above Hawkinson, but I'm also really down on Hawkinson compared to the consensus. Oh no, not really. The consensus is at 73 with Hawkinson and I have Hawkinson at 78. It's Goddard that I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on Goddard. Goddard in the consensus is at 70 and I've Goddard at 60. I think I'd rather have Hawkinson than Goddard. I I just don't like Jalen hurts. That's fair. That's fair. But just they, getting they back the same problem. Yeah. But just getting back to, to Waller, man, I think it's a combination of Devontae Adams coming to town. We don't really know. Like, listen, he had two seasons where who the hell were the receivers on the Raiders? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just, it's a, and he burned me last year too. And I, I, I'm like this. I don't really give second chances in fantasy football. And mm-hmm. I'm usually right when I don't give second chances as well. Yeah. So, he burned me last year, and I'm just – I'm so far out on him and just seeing how the season ended for him last year. And usually when a guy gets hurt like that and just – especially with a knee injury like that and they're getting older, no thanks. And, and we even heard rumors about him potentially being shopped too. Yeah. So are you – so you you must be higher than on Renfro. Uh, yes, I'm not like over the moon about Renfro. I think he's very safe. If that makes okay. sense, I would feel comfortable with him as like a bye week type filler, potential flex depending on matchup and game script. But I wouldn't draft him to be one of my three receivers or flex. If that makes okay. sense, yeah, I have him. I have him at eighty three in full PP and half PPR. He's irrelevant to me. Yep, full PPR. I have him at eighty two. I I just moved him up over over Lockett. But yeah, I'm 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 still in on Devonte Adams though. That yeah. that's not changing. Yep. Uh, Adams is sitting for me at 10 right now. Yep. Right behind, right behind Jefferson above chase. 
honestly, the funny thing is, is that the, the way that you feel about Waller is the same way that I feel about Hawkinson because he burned me last year uh, also. Yeah. And I just, it's like the same situation, honestly, where they both went down injured. The offenses were, I mean, the offenses are different, but they're a little, I don't know. I disagree. I disagree. I I, I, I think this, the situation may be the same, but I also think there are different points in their careers. Well, yeah, Hawkinson's they 24. They both get hurt a shit ton. Yeah, Hawkinson is 24. He's still in the ascendancy of his career, whereas Waller is 29 and on the down, the down slope. Like, if Hawkinson could just stay healthy, Hawkinson will be fine. Yeah, but, but he's really talking, though, about, like, kind of like a high pick. Didn't work out. Got yeah. hurt. Just, like, forget yeah. him. Hawkinson, Hawkinson is going to be uh, very affordable. He'll be he'll be at that Not point. No, I won't be taking him either, either. <laughs> but he'll be he might be the last of that group pending what happens with Gronkowski, the last of that tight end group where you can draft one and be okay. Yep. And then outside of that, like the next guy I have after that is Ertz right now. Ertz, I would want to pair with somebody with like Ed with like a Noah Fant or an Irv Smith, some tight end with, with a little bit of upside. No offense, pending Drew Locke starting in Seattle. Bingo. Hayden Hurst don't sleep with Joe Burrow slinging the thing. Yep, true, true. Oh and God, I forgot about apparently that. Apparently, too. Apparently, too. Uh, don't sleep on uh, on this one either. Uh, Austin Hooper is getting a lot of love. I'm sure Ryan Tannehill and Joku. If Deshaun Watson doesn't get canceled, yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah, that, you're saying that like he hasn't already. I mean, I, I haven't heard he's suspended yet. Probably Yep. As of right now, as of right now, Deshaun Watson is playing week one. I the think days tick down and the allegations tick up. It'll, it'll be six. Watson. It'll be six games. Probably. Probably. That, that's that's what I keep hearing. I keep hearing it's going to be six. I'd be shocked if it's less. It's probably. I think it's probably like ten. No, there's no, no way. No. I don't no criminal so. charge. I mean, listen, I'm not like a legal expert, but. No, they're not criminal, but it's like it's like the NFL is not the court of public opinion. Like, you know, this isn't a court of public opinion. Like, you know, yeah, but the NFL also has to be weary of it. That's that's also part of the problem. That's why I think that- six games is like right. Significant. I mean, it's a pattern of you know sexual harassment and abuse. Yeah, I don't, so- I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not one that you that you want to touch. But at the same time, no criminal charges were brought up against the guy. You know, he, he was not proven guilty of. Of anything, he so wasn't proven like, innocent you know, either, huh? He wasn't proven innocent either. No, but innocent until proven guilty, you know. Yeah, I mean the evidence. It, you know, the evidence is so hard to bring up in cases like that because it's a lot of it is here is hearsay. Whether I'm no not a judge, I'm not a judge, Adam. I'm I am not I am not a court, unfortunately. I'm just here to speak about the facts that are out there. And the facts are there is a shit ton of accusations against him, and none of which have been proven guilty in and, actual court. And, and Baker remains under contract. Some way, somehow. <laughs> I, I honestly, honest to God, I really want the Cleveland Browns to be calling up Baker Mayfield and be like, hey, could you start for us the first six weeks of the season? If I'm Baker, I'm what hanging if, up the fucking what, phone. What if what if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for the entire season? They're like, Baker. <laughs> I, I would hang up the phone. 
I don't think I he would, would if they said I, you're starting for the season. I don't think you. I think he would swallow his pride and go back there. I think he would too. I I I think he would too, just to like improve his stock as like a character guy. But no, I, I think he God. would just like. I think he would just like try to ball out and be like, I'm out. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But it's like yeah. if, if he's playing a quarter of the season or a third of the season, and then it's like, oh okay, when Deshaun's back, see ya. Like it's it's crazy fuck. because I used to like I didn't like Baker back in the day. I don't know. If, remember, I told you I was oh, not not the biggest fan. Of course, but yes. like I I find myself liking him now because I feel bad for him. I, I yes, I, I sympathize with him. I won't That's say that I saying. like him, but I sympathize. I I like him now. I'm I'm not going. I'm like I'm rooting for him now. Yeah, he he was Delta. It was a raw deal for him. I don't know about that. He had a good mm. team. Yeah, he, he, well, he was he, playing hurt. He he could have gotten sur- he could have said fuck it and gotten surgery, but he didn't. He played yeah. the whole season. It's and, a business and though, same, Adam. It, it is it's a, a business. business at the same time, but also like I just didn't really like how she, like you want to go get Deshaun Watson, that's cool, but like at least do the guy a solid and find him work somewhere else to agreed. help his career. Completely agreed. Like there were how many teams needed a quarterback this offseason? Right. That they could have just traded Baker Mayfield too. And and that's it, but nope. It's like, oh, we need to make sure that we uh, we have cover here. Like, and again, I mean, the crazy, yeah. Well, the who's crazy Baker Mayfield's like, going to show up? If you're Baker Mayfield, you're like, my team thinks of me, thinks so lowly of me that they traded for a PR nightmare that's probably not even going to play the whole season. Yeah, I don't think that as opposed to thought process. But I mean, you know, actions speak a lot of the words in this scenario for sure. They, they also saw a guy that can that could potentially help them win a Super Bowl in Deshaun Watson. When he plays, he's a top five quarterback in the league. Yeah, I just think Baker's like just thinking to himself, "That's fine. You want to? It's a business, but like, you couldn't even do the solid of let me just find work somewhere else." Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's it just courtesy that has completely gone out the window here. Yeah. Well, this is the Browns that we're talking about. Not exactly a, a shining light in terms no. of franchise management i mean who are, who are we who am i to talk i root for the jets but at also least very fair but at least we're not like the browns in this scenario yeah let, let's calm down that the, the jets uh i think the jets have gotten closer to the super bowl since we've been alive than the cowboys ever have but uh, you know who am i i'm just a, a lowly uh that is also something that is also very true twice i might add yep twice in a row we were a goal line stand Away from being from going to the Super Bowl, God, just kill me now. What was the last time you guys watched you guys watch playoff football? I'm just curious. That's that's cool and all, but like, do you get a do you get a participation like ribbon for just going there? Well, I could say the same thing about going to an AFC Championship game. You get you that's get cool. you get rings for winning a game in Foxborough. But I had more fun watching my team when we were actually in the playoffs than oh, you did. Okay, so it's about fun. That's okay. So we're having fun. That's what matters. I mean, yeah, 90% 90 of the league since we've been alive has just been having fun. I mean, you're not a pay. So I could say winning winning four playoff games, three playoff games my lifetime, I'm having a grand old time. So that makes it completely okay. But are you though? That's interesting because the Jets have won more in my lifetime. So I've been having more fun. Okay. So if, hey, if we're both having fun, that's what I'm having. But I'm having more fun. Oh, okay. You know, I'm very glad that you're having more fun, but I'm having a superb amount of fun. So that's what matters. That's what matters in this situation is that we may not be winning, but if we're having fun, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I'm having more. 
Next. What is Overall. it? Sticking on the sticking on the Jets. I can't. Yeah, I am sticking this. on the Jets, actually. Oh, good God. So I don't know if you guys know this, but it's a, a wide receiver factory over at Ole Miss. And it out, sure is. And out of the three ex teammates, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. And the guy I think will have the best season amongst them all. It's Elijah. Hit it, Brittany. Give me more. Bold, bold prediction. I would rather have Elijah more than those two guys this year. Honest to God. Huh. Yep. Adam, you want to take it or you want me to take it? I can take it. Go ahead. So Elijah Moore. It's funny. Elijah Moore is actually one of my bold predictions, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But I think that Elijah Moore's success can, hinges on him staying healthy, Zach Wilson taking the next step, and yeah, that's about it, really. I mean, I mean, look at Elijah Moore's numbers last year. If he were to stay healthy over – yeah. And I, I'm. This is leading to me agreeing with you, actually, because like DK Metcalf, the offense has so many holes and question marks with Seattle. That team's not going to be good. Um, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts has question marks throwing the football, and there are also a number of weapons there. I like this pick. Elijah Moore has a lot of upside, and. You know, I think that he could definitely finish as the best out of those three guys. So there, there, there are a couple <laughs> things. I'm going to bring the Jets universe back down to earth here, and we're going to get them back grounded. Um, the thing with Elijah Moore that does worry me is based on the fantasy pros strength of schedule, the Jets wide receivers have the hardest strength of schedule in the National Football League for 2022. The Seahawks have the fifth easiest, and the Philadelphia Eagles have the seventh easiest. But with all that being said, the Eagles, I think we know they want to run the ball. Jalen Hurts has his own issues with throwing the ball. Uh, The Seahawks, who the fuck is going to be their quarterback at this point in time? And the Jets are... You know, for for what we will say, they are an exciting team. They are as much as it pains team. you to say it. I think is they're, what you mean to say they're going to be competitive. They're they're going to get blown out in certain games, I'm sure, but they're going to be competitive. They're going to be a six seven win team. They're going to push potentially for a wild card spot up into the last couple of weeks of the season, or they're going to flame out early on in typical Jets fashion. But that's besides the point. They're going to be a competitive team. The, the Jets, in all seriousness, they're going to be a competitive team. They're going to have to use all their wide receivers, all their playmakers on offense. They've done a really good job of getting weapons around Zach Wilson in the offseason. I'm just not there yet with Elijah Moore to say that I don't have him projected as a thousand yard receiver. I have him in the 900s. I have him at 907. I'm just not there yet with putting him in the thousand yard conversation. Whereas with Metcalf, I have him at 1,059. And then with 
AJ Brown, if I can get to the his tab on the spreadsheet, I have him down for 1,112 and seven. Elijah Moore could easily amass a thousand total yards because Matt LaFleur or Mike LaFleur, sorry, uh, loves to use a lot or like to use Elijah Moore as kind of like a decoy with end arounds. And even he even had a rushing touchdown uh, last year. That's a good point. I mean, that they'll probably give the Barrios handoffs that he was getting in the month of December to Elijah Moore, one would think. But I'm a, think big, so. I'm a big believer in the sophomore jump for receivers, if that makes sense. And we yeah. saw with Elijah Moore early, it was not great. He looked like a rookie. Didn't really have a training camp last year either, I might add. He was hurt the entire time. And then hit his stride. Once Mike White's sanity started happening, and then it carried over when, when Zach Wilson was back. But um, I think he carries that into this year. And, you know, just the people that, that I know that are around the Jets every day, and watch them practice and everything. I know this doesn't seem like much. They say he is by far the best player on the football field. I've heard the same. Like he is by far their best player. And they truly expect a monstrous season. And everybody talked about them trading for Debo or AJ Brown or Metcalf or Tyreek. They all think that they have a number one type wide receiver in house in Elijah Moore. We That's have Debo highly- Samuel at home. We we hope, but um, they all think that Elijah Moore is that guy. And that's why I think year two. And when you look at his counterparts, I'm not saying that he's a better football player, but Drew Locke. I mean, I don't think Zach Wilson is is great yet, but I'm I'm pretty confident in saying I have more faith in him than I do with Drew Locke or Geno Smith. And Uh, yeah, yeah, Jalen Hurts. I think Devontae Smith's a real thing also going into year two. I think they had some pretty good chemistry last year, and we talk about Dallas Goddard. We like him. Is Jalen Hurts supporting three fantasy studs in the passing game? Highly doubtful. That's why I don't think it's too crazy. And then you also got to look at A.J. Brown's uh, injury record as well. Yeah, that's a factor. Yeah, and he – Burned the shit out of me last year, too, in a league. A.J. Brown. It was too late once he uh, yeah. started to return. Yeah, he missed uh, he missed two games in 2020, and then he missed four games in 2021. So, two, like, 2020, where he alleged – was it? Was it last year or the year before where he allegedly tore his – he was playing on a torn ACL the entire year? No, nah, it was the year before. It was 2020. Yeah. But, but with more, though, the second-year jump and also – there's Garrett Wilson. Again, for rookies, it's tough. And I wasn't the biggest Garrett Wilson guy. I think it'll take him a little bit, but I hope for the best. I just think that if it's going to happen for Elijah Moore, it's this year. And I want in on it, if that makes sense. And he could be the guy that you take in like the sixth or seventh round of your fantasy draft. And then next year, he's like a late round three type guy, the three to five range, if that makes sense. So did you, by any chance, did you rank – um, no, I'm, I'm, back, I'm back and forth on all my, my full PPR. I really just did quarterbacks and a lot of running backs. Okay, so I have – I'll just uh, look at where I have each of them. So I have A.J. Brown at 28. I have D.K. Metcalf at 42. 
And then I have Elijah Moore at 75. So Elijah Moore will be the most, I think he'll be the most affordable by a lot over, over those guys. And I think Elijah Moore probably, he definitely doesn't have the safest floor, but I mean, it's a ceiling pretty much. What's the ceiling really with Elijah Moore? Is he like 11, 1200 yards, 1200, seven I, touchdowns? I mean, he scored what? I think he scored seven late. He scored like he six scored, touchdowns last year. Well, he scored like six games. total, six total touchdowns. Yeah. He scored five receiving and 11 games and they are the one rushing touchdown. And those 11 games, I mean, the whole first month of the year, you could, you throw away for the kid. I mean, he, he, I'm telling you, he did not practice at all no. in August. And he was, yeah. he was sensational. His game logs were fucking terrible before, now, the, bye, before the bye week. Negative point three. Guy. Yeah. Negative point three, 4.7, 2.20. That's before the bye. Instead, and then he found God. Yeah. No, he actually found Mike White. Although, same thing. Fair. <laughs> Fair. But that also, I guess, goes into a whole a whole different uh, sort of avenue is, you know, he and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but a lot of the success that he had was not with Zach Wilson. Check the last game. Elijah Moore played with Zach Wilson. Fair. Yeah. Very that fair, game against Philadelphia fair. at 20.6 and full yep. point PPR. Yeah. Yep. That was the one. That was the one. That that was the, the one against, where I'm like, he's real. And then the game against Miami, too. He also had, he had twenty nine point six. Yep. Was that was that with uh, was that with Zach the game? It was with it was with it was with Joe Flacco. But yeah, listen, he had, he had a seventy five yard touchdown. I'm like that was nothing to do with Joe Flacco. No, no, it's fair. That's that fair. was literally but, a screen, yeah, or a slant. No, it was a slant that he that he took to the house all against former Cowboy Byron Jones. True, true. Not my problem anymore. Yep. Clearly he. <laughs> But no, did, did, he was he him and Zach were starting to come together absolutely, and people say it even this spring, like those two were joint at the hip. Uh, they're they're really expecting big things, so I'm in. I am also in, but I mean, I'm a little, we're a little biased, just a slight bit biased. I, I, no, I, Bird, you know this, and with Jets and fantasy, do I ever really hype anyone up that much for the Jets and fantasy? Not really. Michael Carter last year, I mean, it worked. I mean, I mean to be very fair to you, Jake. You are the, one of the only Jets fans that I know that is really screaming on the brakes when it comes to Brees Hall. Oh no, yeah, I'm not in. I, I will give you credit where credit is due. Where yeah. you are one of the only ones that I know that are you're you're very I don't want to say out, but out on Brees Hall and that's that's adjusted my ranks too. Like I have Brees Hall at 57. I think Michael Carter could that was going to be one of my bold predictions. I don't want to be too jet centric. I wouldn't be shocked if Michael Carter has a better year than Brees Hall this year. I really wouldn't. Well, it's the rookie cuz he's a rookie running back. Brees Hall is. And Michael Carter has has a year in that in the offense that is notoriously hard to learn. The Shanna plan offense as I like to call it, but uh, yeah, and I like Michael Carter. He was really damn Hall. good last year, too. He was They're very gonna good. Split. They're going to split. The more and more that I thought about it, the, the more I'm pretty convinced they're going to split 
And we don't draft Michael a running Carter back in the second round. About 20 spots higher, and Brees Hall should be taken about 20 spots lower. You don't draft a running back in the second round just to play on third downs. Correct. No, but I mean, the Packers took AJ Dillon in the second round. That's also yeah, true. but the Packers are stupid sometimes. I mean, uh, I don't know. About they, that. they do win 13 games a year. So, uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> that is. That's why I said so true. That is very true. I mean, I don't know. If Every Jets team fan. is stupid. I don't, sometimes. I, don't, I don't know from a Jets fan if you can call the Packers being stupid. Definitely when the not. I mean, just breed division titles and getting to the second, third round of the playoffs. I say they were. I say they were constantly stupid. The I say Broncos, they were stupid sometimes. The, the Broncos took Javante Williams, traded up for him, and then oh, let's just bring back Melvin Gordon. Yep, because that makes a fucking shit ton of sense. Well, that's stupid. That's beyond stupidity. And then yeah. they, and then Melvin Gordon was a free agent. And then they're like, you know what? We're going to bring you back because it worked so well last year. Because we don't want to get, we don't want to give Javante Williams the keys to the car. Nope, nope. Because the Daniel Hackett just has to have two running backs. God help us. And it's really sad where I had to rank Javante Williams. I was, I, I am really, really upset about it. Twenty, twenty-three, Jake. It's just we, we were expecting the Cam Akers here. We we really were, and so before we uh, before we wrap up, I just want to get instant reactions from uh, from you guys here. I just got this text from uh, from a buddy of mine. Apparently, the uh, so are you guys aware of the the Saudi Golf League? Are you aware of, of this thing? Oh, is nope. that the Sergio Garcia thing? Yes, that they... is the, the Sergio uh, the Sergio Garcia thing. So. Tiger Woods was offered a deal on this tour for $1 billion with a B. Billion with a B. And Tiger Woods said? No. Okay, good. Tiger has values, unlike Phil. Fuck Phil. I saw through that phony facade a long time ago. Fuck him. Saudi Arabia really wants to... Put its hand in all the sports. I mean, they were big in. They're big into wrestling. They've had. They've had WWE events at, in Saudi Arabia. They had. They had the the deal with WWE, yeah, which has been scrutinized countless times and for perfectly just reasons. Much like their purchase of Newcastle, yep. also. Yep. And now this. And now the golf. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck them. And, and, and also, for what it's worth, Adam, you'll get a kick out of this. Jake, this is going to be like foreign language to you. Um, Adam, I don't know if you saw that Arla White is leaving uh, the Premier League coverage to <sighs> be the voice of Saudi golf. Oh, my God. I always knew he was a fraud. I'm just Ugh. pointing that out there. And, but How guess, dare you? Guess, but guess who we're getting? Guess who we're getting as head of our Premier League coverage instead? Who? We're getting Peter Drury. <gasps> oh, I love Peter Drury. I, not, I listen, fucking love Peter Drury so much. I love Arlo White because you, know, you always want to have a blue on the broadcast. Because Oh, he's a dickhead. He's a dickhead. But Peter Drury, I saw somewhere that uh, we are actually interested in signing your boy oh. from Arsenal. Oh. Certain English guy who missed the penalty of the Euros. Uh, no, you can't have him. Sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Piss off. 
You uh, okay? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll t- we'll we'll sell you Saka. No problem. Give us two hundred million, two hundred million Phil Foden, Erling Holland. Okay, done. What? No, no problem. We'll give you Gabriel Jesus. No, no, fuck you. Nope. Foden, Holland, two hundred million. You got a deal. You guys could afford it. You guys could afford it. It's easy. Is it easy? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely for for Man City. Totally makes well, a lot of sense. The, the money part, sure. But the players, not exactly. Absolutely, you could do it. Fuck it. No. Okay, so then fuck off. <laughs> anyway, uh, I lo- love Peter Drury. Drury, love Arlo White. But um, yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basic Talk Podcast Fans. Show you can find all episodes wherever you get your podcast for my host, Ed Burslow, and for Jake. I'm Adam. Talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.